Hello, welcome to Nintendo Nostalgia, episode 257. I'm your host, Jacob Rush, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris, and we are back, and we're playing with power. Chris, it's been a while. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Uh, It has been a while. I just realized that. Um, But yeah, I'm happy. Spring has sprung. The weather's been beautiful. Um, Summer's around the corner. E3 is coming around, so I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really good, too. You know, always busy, but... Doing well overall. Um, E3, uh, you know, I mean, apparently it's canceled, but you know. Oh, true. It's yeah. not. Re- it's not really canceled. I mean, well, it's... better not be. <laughs> like for us Nintendo fans, at least, I think Nintendo no, has I'm... something planned. But yeah, all the companies do now. E3, it's just uh, since COVID really just put that final nail in the coffin on what it was. You know, it was more of a. It was more for journalists, and they, I mean, it changed a lot over the years, and a lot of people hated the direction it had gone, you know? It was more commercialized than anything, so um, the best part is Nintendo has been slowly separating themselves from the atmosphere of that with Directs years ago. Year, we, I remember thinking, we all thought how stupid it was, and Nintendo was just going to do a, a live presentation instead of a stage one, and now everyone does what Nintendo does, and... Uh, uh, you know, PlayStation, heck, they, they already had removed themselves from the equation for, like, the past couple of years now. So um, there's nothing really to be sad about. Uh, everything will still go on as normal. We're just, I mean, the Treehouse does its own thing. Nintendo's just not there on a, on a stage showing games. They're just at their home base showing games. So yeah. I am thankful, um, at least, that they kind of keep, like, the spirit of E3 alive. So even though yes. E3 isn't you know around they still kind of respect that time frame and that like hype season and that that sense of uh i mean just excitement in general for like the coming holiday season with all these reveals so hopefully they keep up with that even if e3 is officially dead um we'll see right i think that's right i think it's it's the spirit of e3 is what really matters and it's not the actual event itself yeah so, because around that time of the year, it's just it's Christmas for of, of news for gamers. Yeah, so. I honestly don't know what I would do without it. I don't want to think of a future without it, you know. And hopefully, a lot of other people, especially at Nintendo themselves, kind of understand that right. and respect that. So, fingers crossed. I mean, I literally look forward to it as much as I do Christmas Day. Honestly, yep. Same. in my book, I, I really get so excited for it. So, um. But yeah, you know, with all that said, though, let's why don't we get into what we've been radical rexing about? Well, Chris, since you haven't been on in a while, uh, man, anything new and exciting in life going on? What, what update us a little bit? Yeah, what's happening? Um, yeah, it's been a while. We actually had a huge Smash Brothers episode in like October. It was like almost two hours long, and it just never <laughs> saved. So um, I'm just going to catch a lot of people up on some things. Um, <laughs> so something that's important that happened like in October was that I was finally able to walk at my graduation. Uh, I had to wait about two years to do that, but it was worth it. And, um, there is going to be like a separate bigger one here, but I'm not sure if I'm going to go to that. It's like, I'm almost done with my masters. I feel like it would be kind of silly, but anyway, it was a very special moment to have my family there with me and, and for me to finally have that moment after all these years. So 
So that was cool. Um, I passed my state exam, which is, uh, I can't even describe how amazing that is. Um, I know some people in our Facebook group are aware of that. And so I'm very happy to report that that went very well. And I'm now applying for like career jobs. So we'll mm. see how that goes. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, I had a great winter break. I went to Albany and visited some friends and just had a great, great time. Um, and let's see, the other day I built a, <laughs> it's so stupid, but I built like a Lego bonsai tree. They have like a, you know, mm. bonsai tree set and it was just very yeah. relaxing. So, um, there's cool. that. Yep. And, uh, I will say finally, cause I, I feel like a lot of people have been sick of me being like, Oh, I don't have time for games. I just don't, <laughs> I'm just not in the mood for games. I've been playing a lot of games. And uh, one of the main factors of that is me getting the Switch OLED. And I know, Jacob, mm-hmm. you just got one the other day. So yeah. you can attest to just there's just something really magical about that system. And um, I kind of regret being down on the thing when it was announced. So I was just like, oh, it just has an OLED screen. It's just slightly nicer. But it really is like the epitome of what the Switch should be and what I always hoped it would be. It just feels like the final form of the Switch, or at least it's to me. I don't care about 4K or anything like that. So um, I just have been playing Cruisin' Blast and Bowser's Fury and the new Kirby. Um, no Straight Roads. I know you and I have talked about that game. Um and a blob, and most importantly, Breath of the Wild. Uh, I was never too hot on that game. It just never really clicked with me. But, man, it really clicks with me now, and I'm loving it. <laughs> so um, the, that and like the combination of them adding the folders option and the Bluetooth headphones option, it just really makes the Switch feel like an amazing, special device that, like, uh, it's it's my favorite device, honestly. Mm. Uh, my favorite gaming console. And um, I got the Satisfy Grip the other day, too. And I highly recommend that. It just makes the game, or the system, just feel just perfect in your hands. So, uh, yep, that. And um, I bought a DSi XL while I was in Albany, and so I've been playing a lot of that. <laughs> um, love that thing. So, yep. What about you, Jacob? Well, I'm glad you finally got a DSi. Yes. <laughs> um I actually never had a DSi, so you got me up on that. Um, yeah, I, I like. Well, I won't talk about my whole life, but what you did say, I did. Lindsay this week surprised me with a Switch OLED um, out of the blue. She just did it because she loves me, and she got our kids all a nice, big, hefty gift too. And it was just so random and unexpected, but awesome. I was really um, stunned, you know, and. Uh, because you know it's you you know it's it's really funny when Nintendo releases a full system you you when I remember the Switch launch thinking you know it's just really the sexiest system I've ever seen from Nintendo it felt like it it, it felt good it felt really high tech and then you know Nintendo they always do this i mean you had the original Game Boy Advance and then all of a sudden the Game Boy Advance SP same system just much better, looked yeah. better, felt better. And and that's exactly what the OLED does. It just really took it up a notch, and it feels even more firmer and sexier of a system than the initial Switch did. And, yeah, I mean, I love it. I, 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 I don't – I am a home console gamer. I like to play on my TV, but I don't feel bad when i play handheld as much now because i feel like i'm getting a full-fledged experience with it more 
um, handheld wise. So, and uh, yeah, I've been connecting my iPod uh, AirPods um, to it, and on my old Switch, it yeah, I could turn the sound all the way up, and it still was like kind of a softer sound. Now it it feels just like my phone. I can play games and like mute everything out but that game, and um, yeah, it just feels great. Feels really yeah. good, and I was able to transfer everything over good. And I've been playing a lot of Kirby. Um, the game is, I think, is really fun. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I just got done with World Four, the Snow World, and I'm moving on to the next one. So, um, enjoying it. Um, and then I'm, I'm off from. I have a break from school next week, so I'll be able to hopefully finish Kirby. And I'd like to dive in some of my backlog after that. And I'm going to try to stay away from any new games before then so yeah um yeah i mean really that's all i've been radical rexing about uh five months to my wedding so i'm excited about that um and just in the midst of all my schooling to be a teacher so still very busy but things are good great that sounds like a a good few weeks for you that's awesome thank you well and you know to cap off this radical rexing thing um you know I don't know if everyone of our listeners, hopefully they did, saw Spider-Man No Way Home, um, oh, yeah. the movie, and it's finally coming out. I know it's been out digitally, but I think it's about to release physically in stores now within like the next week or two. Um, and that's why we decided we're going to make the topic of today um, all about Spider-Man. And there's a special Spider-Man game that Chris and I both played a lot in our own childhoods. And that was for the 64 back in the year 2000. So today's episode is all about Spider-Man 64. Uh, when did this game initially release on the Nintendo 64? This game came out September 1st, 2000, and that was one of my big Christmas games that year. Oh, I th- that was the PlayStation version. We have to clarify, the, the same oh. game actually came out on both platforms. Yes, uh, let me just, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, November 21st, so just two months after. Sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. the PlayStation version. Yep. It's really weird that the game... Came out for both. Uh, I mean, I get, it just shows you how small my bubble was. Uh, you know, in my childhood, I just, I didn't have PlayStation. So, Spider-Man was Nintendo, that's all I knew. <laughs> yeah. And uh, according to critics, I think the PlayStation version was a little better rated. Um, yeah. I know one of the reasons behind that is the graphics are a bit better. Um, like mm-hmm. a, a pretty decent amount better, I will say. Um, I don't know too much beyond that, but the number one reason, uh, or like I would say the best example of that is in the N64 version, you have this pink fog, and the PlayStation version didn't have yeah. that. You can see like oh, the town snap. below you. You can see cars driving around and stuff, which is a pretty big difference. But honestly... And I'm sure we'll get to this. It really doesn't make that much of a difference, at least to me, and especially when you're a kid, like when you're not paying attention to that. You can't really miss what you never had. So I didn't really True. mind about that. 
at the time I wouldn't have mind, but when I was reviewing the game, I noticed like he jumped off the bit, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's just like they make it seem like he's like high up in the mountains mm-hmm. and like just a bunch of fog beneath you. When in reality, if you play a Spider-Man game today, it's uh, I mean you see the whole city, you see people walking down there and cars and. Yeah, and you can go Life. down there with them. Um, I mean, absolutely. That wasn't in. I mean, I'm pretty sure that wasn't in the PlayStation version. Um, but in future iterations, that would be like the main feature. Um, but yeah, right. it's, it's not in the N64 version, and it's it's. I will say. I mean, I'll just you know get this out of the way. The reason for the pink fog is because it relates to the story that they give in the N64 version. Um, I don't remember mm-hmm. the specifics, but there's like some type of like poison or something like that. And so that's where the pink comes from. So it's another great example of when a developer considers the limitations of the system and works with it and mm-hmm. incorporates it into the game itself. So I think it's a really yeah. clever way to get around the limitations of the N64 by having this story element. So, um, you know, it sucks, but like it's. It, it it's fine. Like you don't really think about that as a kid because there's like a reason for it. So anyway, just wanted to share that. Yeah. Um, the game, uh, let me try to find one thing real quick. You know, as I reviewed it, I, a couple things did jump out to me. Um, the fact that there's full on voice acting in this entire game. Yeah. It's, it is occasional, um, but in, it's not like every single scene is completely acted out. I think the PlayStation version, their cutscenes were a lot more fleshed out. But here, uh-huh. there's, there's voice acting. It's just a little bit more sporadic. Um, but players will notice that the narrator is Stan Lee. So it's nice yep. to like get his voice in between uh, different scenes and kind of introduce you into each new segment. So it's it's very comforting, to, especially these days, to hear his voice and have him guide you through yeah. the story. Well, it's really cool at looking back because as a kid, I didn't know who Stanley was or cared. You yeah. know, uh, really no one did. I mean, yeah. unless you were Same. comic book corner, core nerd, no one did. And it's, it's just been, it's, it's cool to see where Marvel's gone today. So it makes you appreciate these gems of the past. Um, laying the groundwork for what ultimately just built the popularity of Marvel and got them to where they are today. Yeah. Well, Jacob, I have a question for you. So what is the origin of your fandom for Spider-Man? How did that come to be? So, I mean, I had three older brothers. Um, They did collect, like, superhero cards, and I would check in on that, and they had some comic books. But really the origin is is from the 90s cartoon. Yeah. on Fox Kids, I watched that all the time when I came home from school, on Saturday mornings. I remember just being in, obsessed with Spider-Man. And then the Spider-Man movie came out with Tom Holland and... Uh, no, Tobey Sorry, McGuire. not Tom Holland. To- the, the true one. Tobey <laughs> Maguire. Sorry. Um, yeah, you know, Spider-Man came out then, and uh, I really... I was obsessed. I remember getting Spider-Man cereal for the movie. I remember seeing that first movie with my brother and one of his friends. My oldest brother, he would take me to a movie once a year. And I remember seeing that. And I remember we were going to go on a Saturday. And um, I remember being so excited. My mom bought me Spider-Man cereal. And I just, it was tricks. And it had Spider-Man shapes instead of fruit shapes. (laughs) And I just uh, ate it up. All anticipation for this movie that we're going to go see later that day. Um, You know, so I yeah that 
that's really the my key point of nostalgia for Spider-Man was based through that cartoon. Yeah. Which, I mean, fun fact: this game it's based off that off of that series. Yeah. Like absolutely, the voice acting in it is the characters from that cartoon. Yeah, I really appreciate great. that. Yeah, I I'm I I'm in a similar situation with like where the roots and origins of my nostalgia for uh, Spider-Man in general. So like I used to love the Batman show. I was crazy about it, oh, yeah. and then I eventually just migrated over somehow to the Spider-Man show. And I just ended up appreciating them both because they're kind of different. Um, you know, the, yeah. the Batman show is very serious and, and dark, which was pretty cool and edgy as a mm-hmm. kid. But then you'd see this like lighter tone, this more whimsical feeling that the Spider-Man show has. And so uh, it's just like a different kind of silly fun. And um, this game really does capture that, which I really appreciate. And it's exactly what I wanted as a kid. I wanted to play yeah. as that type of Spider-Man. And this game really delivers on that um you know this game didn't get like the hottest reviews but i genuinely love this game especially when you're a kid it did everything that i wanted and uh i was playing it the other day and it it really does um like it feels fine it holds up perfectly fine at least if you're like used to an n64 controller so uh yeah i think they really uh knocked it out of the park with what the goal of the game was Right, and the ratings between the PlayStation and 64 version weren't that off. I mean, the 64, I think, was like an 80... It might have been like an 83 or an 85? 80-ish. Um, yeah. I can see real quick. Yeah, I think it was just off by a few points. Like, the PlayStation version is definitely the more definitive version, but this one's still perfectly fine. And yeah. I, I don't know, I just prefer like that... to 87. Okay, so yeah, just a couple points. It's I don't know. I just like the N sixty four in general. I don't like the PlayStation. That's just me. I know I'm very Same. biased, but like, there's just something special about, especially a game like this. Like the N sixty four was this ultimate nineties machine, you know, mm-hmm. SNES aside, and the spider, um, the you know, the Spider Man show, and just the Spider Man atmosphere was the ultimate nineties thing as well. So to have that combination was just. The, the perfect uh, combination, you know? Well, well, you know, before we dive into the gameplay a little bit, you know, what is your... What's your specific nostalgic memories for this game? Like, where do you... Where were you? How'd you play it? Did mm. you buy it? Was it a gift? Was it out of friends? Yeah. Let's hear it. I mean, pr- you know, just to sum up a few points from before, I, I was just so crazy about the show, and just I was so enamored by this sense of uh, freedom that you kind of get when you visualize yourself being this character. And so to have the ability to play as Spider-Man, which was so novel to me at the time, you know, no other game came even remotely close. This is like the first main 3D Spider-Man game. Um, I did play some 2D ones on the Sega Genesis now that I think of it, and they were okay, but like, you know, in 360 degrees playing as Spider-Man, that's a huge difference. And (laughs) this was the year 2000 that it came out, so it was the end of the N64's lifespan, and it was cool because it was like right before the GameCube is going to launch, and so it's like this final hurrah of the N64. So um, yeah, I did get it for Christmas. Uh, I think I asked for like four games that Christmas, so that was pretty cool. Um, 
It was, yeah, it was, it was the only one that I really ended up playing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was the only one that I actually really ended up playing a lot because uh, Majora's Masks didn't hit for me as like a 10 year old. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this game, uh, it's just, it's so colorful and vibrant and exciting. And they just did everything that I wanted um, as a fan. And I, I played it so, so much. And my brother ended up playing it with me. I don't even think he even watched the show. He's quite a bit older than me. Um, and, uh, yeah, he actually like breezed through it. So I only got through like the first three or so levels. Cause I will say this mm. game's a little bit more challenging, uh, mm. than it should be, at least in my opinion. But, um, yeah, uh, when you, when you play this game and you see all the fun surprises that they have in store for you, there's a lot of great cameos and some awesome boss fights and stuff. Uh, it's, it's just a great Spider-Man game. Um, yeah. What about you, Jacob? Yeah. So, um, I didn't, um, a lot of my, it's so funny cause the 64 is my favorite Nintendo nostalgic system personally. And I had a handful of games, but the majority, I would, I'd say it's pretty even for most of the games that I love from that system. I owned about half and the other half, I just borrowed from my friend Brad at back in the day. That was like almost every weekend or every other weekend I was going to Brad's house and he had games I didn't have. I had games he didn't have. We would trade games and play them. So he had this game. Just like Banjo-Kazooie, he had this game. I played a ton with him. I played it. I remember beating it at his old house, you know. And um, So I lived it through him. I was obsessed with it. I didn't ask for the game myself. I just played it through my buddies. And uh, um, it was cool that I got to pretty much do the whole thing as a, with a friend. Um, and uh, it just enhanced the experience. So, I mean, really, that's that's my main memories with it was through good old Brad Hunzinger. Yeah. Um, shout out to Brad. Uh, <laughs> but with that said, you know, let's talk about the game. I, I, I really I like how you said that this game, it really is kind of a no pun intended. It's kind of a marvel of a game <laughs> for what the 64 was and and um, where gaming was going. I mean, you think about it. It was it's a full 3D world. They never made I feel like they hadn't really made a superhero game. Like Superman 64 was trashed. So this was like what should have been of that game. You know, the fact that you can just swing from building to building. It just felt it felt so huge. It felt like a big open world game. If you yeah. if you're swinging across those buildings, that's exactly what it felt like. And um, you know, just refreshing my brain on it. They did a lot of cool little things with this game that made it a gem. It wasn't a cheap off yeah. little cheap game that they they put out believe it or not it was made by activision shocker um they I, don't make good games anymore well um, i think it was even not just that but i believe i'm just checking now uh neversoft neversoft developed it yeah they were with them and they're fantastic they've made some excellent excellent games so you know it's not just activision if you look at their track record neversoft specifically they're yeah. a very talented team um, so it, it is totally. one of their uh, crown jewels in their careers. But um, something that I also like about this, you know, tying into what you're saying, Jacob, it did have this very grand epic scope, which is mm-hmm. very hard to nail down for, especially for a license like Spider-Man on a pretty constrained system like the N64. Mm-hmm. But they, they really did nail it. And something that's really special about this game 
and kind of takes it to the next level is it's not just that the game was modeled after the show. It's just modeled after Marvel Comics in general. You see all across the game this comic book style, and as each scene is introduced, you're in you're Mm. like it shows you like a comic book cover of the scene that you're about to go into. And there's like all these different uh, frames of comic book images uh, like all around you in the in in the background or not in the background like like during the cutscenes and there's yeah. these cameos you see Daredevil you see Black Cat and uh, well Black Cat's in Spider-Man uh, Daredevil Johnny Storm and some others that I don't want to spoil but it's not just a great Spider-Man game it's a great Marvel game and there's nothing else like it at the time like a lot of people will go back to Spider-Man 2 being the best video game or uh, Superman or superhero video game ever made but at the time in 2000 this was it at least to me and uh it's it's not just that you're playing a spider-man doing you know going around fighting people there's a lot of variety too you're running from a helicopter you're in like avoiding the gunshots as you're climbing up a building uh you have to chase venom you have to save um these uh hostages in a bank and you have to be stealthy about it so it's mm-hmm. they found all these different ways of living up to that spider-man dream which i really obviously appreciate oh man it's really cool i mean like you said spider-man was honestly on the hype i feel like before now at back then i feel like that was the hypest spider-man had got there was a movie on the horizon i mean it was coming out i think in 2001 i think 2002 2002 yeah yeah it was in that era and uh you know, Spider-Man was just on everyone's brain for the kids, for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that you could just climb up walls, you could use your Spidey sense, you could swing people up in your webs. It was great. Yeah. It was really cool. It was really, it was like, yeah, you said this. I love the, the stealthy part. It kind of gives you like a, like a Batman type game or a spy type game where you have to just move and maneuver through things. And, and some of those levels, not all of them, but... Especially that that first main one where you're it's like a host hostage situation and you're I think Scorpion's at the top of the tower. Spoilers is at the top top of the tower and um yeah and it's uh also, it was fun it was different it was something the Nintendo sixty four I feel like did not have at the time of of, of uh, that type of gameplay. And if it did, it didn't do it nearly as well as this type of game. You know, uh, mm-hmm. N64 had some pretty ambitious titles. And not only is this game ambitious, it does it right. And it does it extremely well, in my opinion. So, um, And they put a lot of love and care into it. It's, it's not just the uh, variety. It's little things like how well the characters are animated and they come to life and like we mentioned before the voice actors from the show uh you know lended their voices to the game and um it's there's lots of little touches that you wouldn't think the n64 would be capable of being able to handle but it's just this grand epic n64 game that gives you this ultimate feeling and vision of what you feel a a superhero adventure can be and and so it's just very fulfilling and satisfying in that way so i think the game really um captured they did they were smart by capturing what that 90s cartoon was because that's what was in the brains of kids minds they we grew up watching this cartoon and it's like they finally brought the cartoon to life for us we got to live out 
what we had been seeing on the cartoon on Saturday mornings for all that time. Um, let's you know just look at the list of villains uh, that they had in the game. They had Lizard, Human Torch. They had uh, Doctor Octavius, Venom. Oh, I said Venom, Mysterio. They had everybody. Carnage. <laughs> and Carnage was a big one. I don't want to. There's another really interesting character at the end, the final boss fight. I don't know if I want to give that away if in case uh, someone hasn't played the game yet, but they kind of mix two characters together, and it becomes like this ultimate insane villain. And it's one of the coolest things yeah. that I ever witnessed, especially as a kid, and like there weren't any spoilers at the time. Seeing that, like seeing my brother fight that boss, I'm just like, who is that? Is that blank and blank yeah. mixed together? It is insanely cool so uh to see that in a video game premiered i mean it maybe it was in a comic beforehand but i don't read comics but seeing that for the first time in my video game was just really special well it's um they are uh they made that the character you're talking about they made specifically for this game oh wow it wasn't even like part of a comic at the time i don't know if it even is but they made it for this game which was like you said Really cool and unique that they did it. It wasn't in the cartoon, none of that. Very unexpected, um, yeah. Yeah, they did. Uh, Mysterio, Rhino, Scorpion, um, and just a handful of others. But it, you talk about a Marvel Cinematic Universe, they crossed over. They had other characters like Captain America, the Punisher, um, they, Daredevil, you said, uh, Black Cat, the Human Torch, all these different characters... Yeah. We're all in this game. <laughs> and the, <laughs> and they, they feel and look and sound how you want them to. There's nothing off mm-hmm. about them. In some Spider-Man games, it's just like, uh, something's not quite right. But they really nail the feel of those characters. And it, it's just, it's so satisfying to work alongside them and interact with them exactly how you would want to. Yeah. But, you know, overall, I mean, this game itself was great. Um, and it's definitely why we're here talking about it today um but i want to talk about a little bit how it where it transitioned you know spider-man obviously started to get built up more popularity after this because of the movies uh, and i know i think one of the next best games which is not in our focus but and i never played it but was i think a spider-man 2 based off of the the movies they started making games based off that um which i heard was a really really good uh, praised game back in the gamecube P- ps2 era you never um, played it? I never played it. Oh, wow. Jeez. Okay. I kind of want to now. Because oh, you I, should. I had yeah. a little taste of the, the newest Spider-Man. Um, Kyle let me come over about a month ago, and month and a half, and test out his PS5, and I got to play that Spider-Man game that everyone loves. I know it's been out for a while now, but, man, it felt so good. And it, it made me feel like what this Spider-Man game that we're talking about was in my mind as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you and know, we always when we look back on nostalgia, it's like we—I don't know why—but we we gloss. It always looks and feels better than it really did. Yeah. And that's why uh, you know this new Spider-Man game just kind of ignited some emotions and feelings towards that. And the new Spider-Man game made by uh, in, is it Insomniac that made it? Now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's PlayStation exclusive, unfortunately, um, because they own Spider-Man. Sony does. And um, the new game, by all accounts, I feel like it, it, it did kind of what the ground roots of what this game was, trying to bring a bunch of villains together against Spider-Man. And they, they just did it with a cinematic approach, 
in video games and did something video games had never been done before. I mean, yeah. so Spider-Man now, he's in the best shape he's ever been. Yeah. Although Do you have I any s- experience with Spider-Man after those early days? Um, so I have the Spider-Man game for PS4. I haven't touched it yet. Um, my friend gave me his PS4 a while ago and I just never really got around to it. It was when my life was a little too hectic for me to, you know, jump into that. Um, and also it just feels so weird to use a PlayStation controller. I'm just not a huge fan of it, but, um, I will say, as far as Spider-Man games go, there's actually a lot of great games for like during this era that came out like shortly after this one. So as much as I love this game, there's a bunch of other ones for the GameCube and Game Boy Advance that are phenomenal, and that's also the DS. Now that I think of it, so if anyone's yeah. looking for any more like retro Spider-Man games that have this like similar sense of you know nostalgia and uh like whimsy like the the show had um i highly recommend uh the three excuse me the three games on gamecube the one that was modeled after the two movies so spider-man one and two um they're both very different and uh great at different things um so those are excellent but i highly 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 recommend uh, I believe it's called Ultimate Spider-Man for the GameCube. And I talked to Ryan about this. He has no idea what I'm talking about. He doesn't even know it's out. It is by far the best Spider-Man game that I have played. It's basically Spider-Man 2, that excellent movie game, but they changed the visuals so that it has a comic book feel to it. So it has oh, wow. like that cell shading, kind of like Okami in a way. Um, and also like this game that we're talking about now. And a lot of people slept on it because it came out late in the GameCube's life, but it's an wow. open world Spider-Man game that looks insanely good and plays good. They have so many villains and stuff. So that game is super underrated um, and underappreciated. So I definitely recommend it. But there's also great Game Boy Advance games and DS games that I mentioned. So uh, look into those because there's some great Spider-Man stuff out there. And uh, they have very different feels and approaches. So it's nice to you know, kind of get different feels for this character. Well, you know that, I mean, spoilers, you know, if you haven't seen uh, No Way Home, but I guarantee you the next Spider-Man games are going to start having some uh, multi-crossover stuff now with other Ooh. other Spider-Men. Um, yeah. Heck, how awesome, would, how sick would it be if they, like, took the Spider-Man from the game we're talking about and put him in the new Spider-Man, like, Whoa. they cross paths, like, oh, man, yeah from the 90s wow it would take a really special producer (laughs) to like really (laughs) fight for that these days but you never know and i mean you would have to appreciate the old spider-man games that's for sure it's gonna be weird oh man i was just gonna be like oh activision is part of microsoft now they'll do something nope sony still owns spider-man that'll never happen so uh i don't know it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with it but you know what i'm just grateful that there is a developer behind the spider-man franchise insomniac and Sony and honestly when it comes to the games at least they're doing a phenomenal job so uh, at least the spirit lives on in some capacity well with that and um, they're doing a Wolverine game too yeah and uh, you know it's I've never owned a system outside of Nintendo ever I am um, and you know that when that Wolverine game comes and I'm testing it out like I I'm really tempted I would love to maybe get the, a, a PS5 maybe when it drops in price down the road um and uh, specifically for games like this, because it is my son is Spider. I mean, his room is like Spider-Man 
moved in and puked everywhere. You know, like he <laughs> loves Spider-Man yeah. everywhere, every, all of his clothes, PJs, you name it. And I'm sure he'll want to play some Spider-Man and he'll probably think dad's old Nintendo 64 game is junk and outdated. So I need to make sure I get him updated games. But I, I think I'm going to go back and look at for some of the old GameCube Spider-Man games. I, it's, it's really kind of, I'm really, uh, maybe it's the era I grew up in. I'm kind of sad and ashamed of myself that I never even got those. I'm really like, surprised, honestly. I never played them. They're because great. when I, I think by the time I hit middle school, which was, I, I, the GameCube came out, I think, came out when I was in late elementary, but a lot of it was, was the GameCube and Wii era was most of my middle school days going into high school. And in high school, we came out my freshman year. And by that time, I started getting into girls. I was into punk rock music way more. And video games took a, they took third, the third row of my life, you know. And um, I was all about church and Jesus and uh, just a bunch of everything I was into. Video games just was kind of like, I got a game for my birthday and for Christmas. I didn't follow the industry. I didn't like, like right, you know, we got Kirby. We got, you know, an indie game will drop next month or next week. I got to get it. I, I don't. I did not follow video games anymore the way I did, or the way I do today than I did, that I did back then. So that's probably why I missed out on them, and they just I was like, oh, you know, yeah. My I, interests were other places. If you're um, if you're interested in playing a game that's like this, surprisingly, the Spider-Man movie game, the first one, is pretty much a sequel to this in a way. Not like a direct sequel, like with the story or anything, but it plays exactly like this one, just you really? know, with new stages and stuff. Yeah, and it's interesting because cool. like this, the movie game isn't really modeled after the movie that much. There's like pieces of it with like the Green Goblin and stuff, but yeah. You know, you have your Scorpion, you have, uh, I think there's like four total villains in it, and it plays a lot like this one, um, much more so than uh, the Spider-Man 2 and the Ultimate one that I mentioned. Um, yeah. But those those have like an open world approach, whereas the Spider-Man movie game, the first one, that's more like stages and, you know, a lot more linear and, you know, specific objectives and stuff. Mm. So um, but I like that. It's kind of like arcadesy in a way. Um, I'm not a yeah. big open world fan, but um, they're all excellent in very different ways. But uh, honestly, go back and play them. They they really do hold up and have their I mean, strengths. I just replay and see if I can find some on the cheap. Yeah, I don't know what they're going for now. Like before the pandemic hit, you probably could have gotten them for like no more than ten dollars, if that. But I don't know what anything's going for these days. Um, but yeah, they are worth checking out if you can get them at an affordable price. For sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I, I mean, that's really all I much I have to say on the game. I, I love that it really highlighted. I will say, I think it highlighted the character Venom more. I always loved Venom as a kid. He was yeah. like one of my favorite anti-hero villains from the cartoon, and he was in the game, and he, you fight him, and he also fights alongside you. And uh, I thought that dynamic was really cool to see there because, you know, Venom, even though his movies aren't, I mean, I liked the last one. I, I don't mind him as much, but some people hate him. Um, they are trying to build a Venom in his world and, and, and his own story in the movies today. And, uh, I, I, you know, this game kind of helped elevate Venom a little more than just your standard villain. Like, yeah, 
Scorpion, you know. Yeah. Never even been in a movie yet. That's a great point. Yeah, there they did appreciate not appreciate. They did understand and acknowledge that there is something special about Venom. So Venom does have his own special segments um, and that make him feel more alive and more interactive with you. And I will say the other games that I mentioned do as well. So definitely check those out if you like Venom. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they do understand the, the universe and they, they bring that universe to you exactly how you want. But um, I do want to mention just a couple quick things about the game. Um, the visuals aren't overly spectacular, but they get the job done, uh, especially for the N64. We know the N64 can't handle a lot, but the animations are quite good, especially on the villains. They put a lot of effort into the villains and like how they think and move and what they say and stuff. Um, and the sound design... Like, it's not bad at all, but it's not overly memorable, but it is very appropriate to what you're doing. Um, And one more thing I definitely wanted to mention is that this is not just a great Spider-Man game, but it's also a great video game in general because it takes not just what we appreciate about Spider-Man, but what we appreciate about video games. So two things that I really like about this game is that you can go around collecting comic books and then there's like this archive of all the comic books that you discovered and you can go through that. I just yeah. like little things like that, like in Smash totally Brothers. About that. Yeah. So it's just it gives you an incentive to explore and find these like hidden secrets. And um, on top of that, one of my favorite things about this game is the cheat codes. They definitely encourage you to play around with cheat codes and look around online for some. And you can do yeah. some really awesome things with the cheat codes. So and I really miss them. I, I can't believe that we still aren't in an era where we uh, where we can work with cheat codes regularly. But um, yeah, they have like silly named ones and you can unlock all these different really cool costumes. You yeah. can, you know, if you wanted to just breeze through the level, which I did the other day, you can do like unlimited health, unlimited webbing, um, unlock all the levels and just pick whichever one you want if you didn't beat the game yet. So um, they, they really play around with that. And it's just it's it, I've said this a few times, but the game is really everything that I would have wanted it to be. Um and uh, last thing I'll mention is the controls. I wasn't sure how well the controls would hold up because a lot of N64 games are kind of weird with how well those uh, handle or are yeah. handled. But um, honestly, it was kind of like riding a bike. Like I put the N64 controller in my hand and I just knew exactly what to do. It's really crazy. Um, so it holds up just fine if you're used to an N64 controller. So um, if this is a game that interests you and you like Spider-Man and you never got around to it, um, which is understandable, because it came out late in the N64's life, like we mentioned. Um, give it a try. I, I can't imagine that this one's that much money. So, um, yeah, it's it's just a great game and a, a fun little adventure, and is it'll definitely give you all the nostalgic feels. So check it out. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, Chris. And I think, you know, it's a good time to wrap up the show here. If you haven't seen Spider-Man No Way Home, go see it. You'll love it. Um, i and if you've never played this game, try to go find it on the cheap. You can find it at a probably online or at a local, you know, retro store. Um, but it's a good game, and it's a game I look back fondly of. And even watching YouTube plays of it and reviewing it, I'm like, yeah, you know, this. It, it doesn't make me feel like, ooh, that didn't age good. It makes me feel like, yeah, you know, that looks 
fun like it like i remembered it being so yeah um, absolutely and uh i just a, a quick little side comment like the thing i like about some of these n64 games is that they're not too detailed there's not all these details in the graphics because these days you know we're very spoiled with yeah. you know this has to look super pre- uh detailed and precise and stuff and i like this this uh, inaccurate not a- inaccuracy this um vagueness because it really lets your imagination go wild and kind of live in this fantasy in a way and, and that's kind of like why i don't care about the pink fog it lets you uh, fill in the blanks with yeah. your own mind. So, um, yeah, don't don't worry about the graphics or the N64. Have fun with it. Embrace it. There's some type of charm about it. So, yeah. Well, uh, if you want to tell everybody where they can find the podcast, Chris, and we can wrap this one up. Sure. Uh, so you can find us on Facebook, uh, Nintendo NOS, on Twitter at Nintendo underscore NOS, on Instagram at Nintendo NOSIN. Uh, we love hearing from all of our listeners. So if you want to send us a, an email, you can send us one at Nintendo Nostalgia IN at gmail.com. And also, you can leave us a voicemail at any time. So our phone number is 317-969-5690. And last thing, if you enjoyed listening to this, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on whatever podcast service you use. It just gives us a little bit more visibility, which gives us more resources to make the show even better than we hope that it already is. Uh, So thank you very much for listening, everyone. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Uh, it was fun being on the episode with you, and uh, we'll be back soon, guys. Yep. We have a lot more planned for you, and uh, definitely look forward to it. We have a great year ahead. So thank you again for listening, everyone. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.